Hello everybody, welcome back to the Hastings Harvest, where it is my job to interview some of the most inspiring young minds, creators, and educators within their area of expertise, and try to harvest how they go about their craft. Today I am joined by Luis Camejo, one of two of the owners, founders of the Biz Bros. And if you don't know who the Biz Bros are, I actually came into contact with them because I applied for a freelancing job on the website Upwork for video editing for them and we've kind of just built a friendship off of that now what biz bros does is they create content for other businesses and they believe as much as i do that content is profit and that is why they have narrowed down their business to just repurposing content that these businesses make onto several different platforms. If you want to check out the Biz Bros, you can go to at Biz Bros Co. That's B-I-Z-B-R-O-S-C-O on Instagram and then just Biz Bros on Facebook. On Facebook, they have their own podcast that goes live on Facebook Live every single week. But in this podcast, we talk a lot about their business, you know, how they started their entrepreneurial journey, how they have really narrowed down what they really do with their business because they started out, you know, helping Mexican restaurants with uh, video editing and video production. And now they've really just honed in on content production. So I go over a lot with them. I had a lot to learn from Lewis. He taught me a lot about Facebook and how to make content for Facebook and just for every other platform, how to get people from the platform that you're posting on social media to a purchase. So if you're interested in that, stick around for this whole podcast. Tons of goodies in this one. So sit back, relax, get something to eat maybe. And I hope you enjoy this podcast with Luis Camejo. All right, Lewis, thanks a lot for coming on to the Hastings Harvest today. appreciate you taking the time out of your day to talk a little bit about your business, talk a little bit about your background, and let's start off with that. Let's uh, let's start off with, um, I guess, just how you and your brother got into the business of uh, making content for other businesses. <laughs> yeah, dude. Well, thank you so much, Cole, for having us in, in the show. It's uh, truly an honor, and we appreciate uh, you inviting us to the show. So, yeah, like you mentioned, uh, me and my brother started the the company about almost five years ago now. Uh, we started as a social media marketing agency. So uh, we're both named Luis, too. And I remember, like, uh, we're actually chatting in another interview this morning about this. He remembers the exact moment where we decided to call the company Biz Bros. <laughs> he was running. He's like, whoa, dude, we're brothers and we're doing business together. You know, brothers in business. And, you know, so that's, you know, super tangent, super, like, on the side. But uh, the funny part is, like, we will come out, right, as two brothers. Like, hey, nice to meet you. We're the Biz Bros and we do social media. And people start laughing. <laughs> so we right now take it as a positive thing because it allowed us to keep the conversation going. Um, so we started doing that for Mexican restaurants specifically. And I don't know why Mexicans, but that was like the first client that we ever had. So we were familiar to the to the way that they were working and uh, the way that they communicate. So we started going after those. And then it quickly evolved into uh, the video guys. You know, we started investing a little bit in our equipment. Um, we got a couple cameras. We learned how to use the cameras. Um, specifically, my brother, he's like the technical guy. I'm more of like the, the social guy. <laughs> and uh, he started creating like these amazing pieces of content. Uh, but it was like long form video, kind of like brand style. 
um, videos. And uh, people are starting to get to know us because of that. So they wanted just one video instead of, you know, on a monthly, you know, different types of content going on. So we're like, hey, we're like drifting away a little bit for, you know, what we really want to do. And um, after that, we said, okay, let's evolve a little bit more. And we started learning a little bit more about funnels and sales and marketing and all this like fun stuff that makes money on the back end, right? So we started uh, creating different sales funnels for brick and mortars or like different businesses that had no presence online. So we thought, hey, you know, you have a wonderful business. You help so many people. Uh, there's an opportunity here that you guys might be missing. So we'll come in and we'll help you develop that opportunity. So it was fun. For a while, we learned a ton. We helped a ton of businesses. But at the same time, it was caution. It was causing a lot of friction, right? Right. It was a different process that they were not used to. Uh, they had to train different staff to kind of uh, keep up with the new income or the new leads that were coming in and and it was just like a lot of headaches for them as far as like developing new systems because that does take time and then for us not 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 kind of like um not knowing who was our dream customer because they needed it but they didn't really want it so we went into a place of convincing so after that we were like okay how can we find you know the dream client it's the person that wants to work with us that would love exactly what we do and we can execute a process that we actually enjoy doing. So questions invite revelations. And because of that question, we ended up, you know, going back full circle into the content. But now we do a very specific type of content. Uh, it's not for everybody. Is The service that we offer is just for long-form content, like either podcast shows or uh, long-formative uh, YouTube channels. And then we grab that macro piece, that big video, and then we create a bunch of like mini um, info-packed uh, assets. And then the company can distribute to kind of maximize their voice. So we create that, what we call omnipresence. So that's what we do now. That's a very quick version of like the, the story. <laughs> gotcha. And what made you and your brother want to, uh, you know, pursue an entrepreneurial journey? Yeah, man, good question. Um, I, I think it was like in our blood for for a long time. Um, you know, we go back to our family. Our mom was in the education world, still is, um, in college. So we love to teach. We love to share ideas. We love to, you know, uh, help people that way. So I think that comes from her. And then our dad, he, he's actually like a chemical engineer, but he never executed on that. He was always selling stuff, creating relationships, um, you know, maintaining those relationships. So uh, it, it was a mix of those two things with the fact that we we're both athletes too. So our goal was always to be a professional soccer player. Uh, we got really, really close. We got the opportunity to actually play in Europe for a couple of, um, of years. But then uh, an opportunity came up here in the States to come and go to school with a, with a scholarship. So we're like, okay, you know what? Um, on the professional level, it might be a little bit of a challenge. We're coming from injuries. Um, so let's not risk it and let's go and have that backup as in a, an education. But we went in there to find an opportunity not to kind of graduate with that and then go on a job. It was like always like, okay, what do I do next, right? Since now the soccer dream is is over as a professional soccer player, I don't really want to be working for somebody else. I want to like do something. But we never really knew what to do. So that, that has been the last five years, I guess, um, trying to find that thing, that one thing that we can do. 
and which led to you know what we spoke about earlier on you know the content and and the the being content producers basically for um a ton of companies now now i don't remember if you did tell me about uh you guys potentially playing professional soccer but i actually used to like i'm soccer is pretty much my favorite sport i've played pretty much my whole life i'm i'm curious to know what's your favorite soccer team Oh man, uh, my favorite soccer team, and I'm actually wearing their jersey right now. <laughs> so uh, my favorite yeah. soccer team is uh, Barcelona. And ah. uh, I know when I say everybody's like, of course, Barcelona, Messi, but mm-hmm. I actually became a fan in year 99, in season 99, 2000. So almost like 20 years I've been a fan, and I'm 30 now. So like 10 years old is when I saw the first game and I got hooked since and it was before Messi, before like all these big names that they have now um mm-hmm. the big name at the time was rivaldo so uh, i don't know you know <laughs> anybody that might be familiar with barcelona at that time will remember that 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 player what's your favorite team um so back when i had an xbox 360 i had fifa i don't even remember like 06 or something like that and it was when I think I think it was 06 or 04 something like that and it was when Inter Milan was just crazy good so I like I, I like fell in love with them and ever since then I'm like I'm just gonna rep this team <laughs> I know? love it man I love it a lot of people you know like if you ask now it's like big teams like you know Man U or Arsenal you know right. Right. big Arsenal game but uh fan so that's awesome that you had uh that Inter is is your team that's awesome <laughs> yeah all right, so let's let's talk a little bit more about what you and your brother are are doing right now. So, can you explain a little bit further for the people listening uh, exactly what type of content and what platforms you're uh, distributing that content for these businesses? Yes, of course. So there's there's several levels, right? And as as we're speaking right now, we're evolving and we're like improving on those processes. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take you a little bit on like what that journey looks like, right? So when we first started the business, uh, we decided to go with a service, and that was a very strategic move because as a service, you could collect cash right away, and. Uh, the reason of collecting cash is so we can reinvest it in the business and continue to scale, right? So we're like, okay, what type of service can we provide? I mean, think about it. We I went to school for business management, no design background, no video editing background, nothing. Those are things that we've learned along the way. And as soon as we learned like a little bit of it, we went out and sold and executed. And then if we didn't know what to do, we went back and learned it and then came out, came back out with a solution, right? Uh, that's a double-edged sword because um if you're not careful some clients might see through that and it might not be it, it might not be a pretty experience earlier we were sharing that uh these uh this client one time she called us and she's like guys like i love everything that you guys have done and you know we've seen progress but um i feel like i'm your guinea pig right so <laughs> I, that was like very eye-opening uh because we we're, we're being very transparent with what we're doing uh especially with her uh, so we're like, okay, let's uh, let's rethink this thing. So after that conversation, we decided to niche down and be like, okay, how can we be very, very specific? So that the same service style, 
we what we do is we grab that long form content. So an example is a podcast episode that has video. And then we grab and we create five different minimum of five different chops. So those are information pieces, value pieces, right? And then we inject direct response elements. So headlines, call to actions, we make the post pretty for each of the platforms. So if your strategy is to be present in different distribution channels like Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, depends on your strategy. And this is very custom to the client. Um, then we create the asset. So it looks native to that one platform. So the problem that we're solving at that level of a service is the time. Um, I'll give you, I'm going to give you an example. We work with a real estate company that the CMO uh, was investing about 20 hours a week just producing content for the company and trying to sell through webinars and stuff like that. And uh, so we came to him and we're like, look, the only the only thing that we need you for is four hours. And he's like, what? Four hours a week? And we're like, no, no, no. Just four hours in a month. And he's like, oh my God, I'm in. You know, for him, the, it was very painful. He believed in content. That content was driving traffic. That content was driving the revenue in his company, um, at least on that product that he, they were selling. And uh, he needed like his time back. So that's why he brought us on and then we executed this exact strategy with him. And, you know, they only have a couple of distribution channels. They do Facebook, they have a group and then they, they have LinkedIn. So at that level, we, we do that. So these can be entrepreneurs, brick and mortars that have shows, uh, informational shows. It depends. Um, a big important piece of this is that that content has to be connected to a sales process, either that's a phone call or a funnel or something. So you can make that connection between the content and the profit. If there's not, no connection, people tend to see the content as an expense and not as an investment. Because when you see it as an investment, through that content, you're developing relationships, you're, de you're creating conversations, which eventually will lead to a sale uh, if that process is connected. So the service high level is there. Now, through our years working with brick and mortars, we also have a kind of like lower step where it's like, okay, guys, you know, I do not have the capital to basically invest with you guys on a month to month kind of like this. Uh, maybe they don't have the resources and that's totally fine or they don't produce the amount of content that they, sh that, that they need to produce for us to come in and help them. Uh, but that's okay. We have... We're, we're actually, this is on the on, on the beta stage. So I'm not sure when this show is gonna go air, but is is in the works, the process is done. We just need to make sure that is the, the blueprint is ready to go. But this basically is a strategy that you can execute within two weeks that will create and build your email list. And then you can immediately sell. And I'll give you an example. We had a, the first time that we actually executed this was with a dietitian and she's like, hey, you know guys, I have about 16 courses <laughs> in my website, but I haven't sold a single one. And we actually discovered that she actually sold one <laughs> before, uh, but she's been in, 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 the, in the game for quite a while now. And uh, we're like, okay, perfect. Let's actually uh, execute this strategy. So within a week, she got 1200 emails. So it, normally people pay for these leads, right? If you, if you go to the fitness uh, side, gyms pay between you know $15 to $20 per lead, per email, get people giving you that. So you multiply, you know, 1200 times 20 or to say a thousand times 20, you know, that's 20 grand uh, that you are, that you got in there within a week. And right after that, we presented that group with the option, be like, hey, 
you can actually buy this one course, not 16 options, just one, right? We For direct response, we're looking for just a one binary decision, either yes or no. And uh, what was incredible is that she was able to sell right on the spot after those five days, $12,000 worth of product. Um, so that strategy, yeah. we replicated it over time. Uh, we did it with a self-care studio. They booked 300 sauna sessions like right off the bat. They saw about a thousand bucks before people coming into the studio, which was super awesome. So we're taking that strategy and creating a beta so we can actually bring on some businesses to try this out again and see how they can actually, you know, elevate their business through the content and those strategies that we do. And then at the end of the day, at the bottom um, of that, we call it value ladder. We have, we're starting to create a community around people that are super, super excited and addicted to like this content creation, content conversations. How do I add value to my, my business, my company, um, my job even through content. So we're creating that community as a Facebook group. Um, and obviously we have a show that goes out, you know, every Monday, Wednesday, Friday live, and then Tuesday, Thursdays and Saturdays and all the podcast platforms that is called content is profit. So that's kind of like the journey that we're in right now. And it's been a heck of a heck of a journey and we're having a blast. <laughs> Does that answer your question? Sorry. I know that I went yeah, yeah. all over there. No, all that, place. <laughs> that was, that's amazing. Um, so I, you said you scaled down this this dietitian's sixteen courses to one to just one course, correct? That is correct. Yes. Can you explain why you did that? Of course. Um, so when we sit down with a client, um, and this was like right before we decided to to just dial down on on the service side right this was more on the the stage of like custom work for different clients but at the end of the day content is the start of your sale right marketing is the start of that sale so her goal at that point was to sell more like she had she was having a ton of clients during the day so she was doing one-on-one -on -one calls uh one-on-one -on -one visits so there's a limited amount of hours during the workday that she could afford right and her schedule was completely packed. So she had two options, either two options when it comes to generating more sales for her business. So she sat down with us and she's like, okay, I could bring in another dietitian, right? And, uh, and I have to, I will have to train her in our ways or, you know, uh, the way that we communicate with our clients and stuff like that. And then she can take on more clients, but that's only going to add eight hours to the day. And then I can add a third one and that's it. And then, but I have to share revenue with them, obviously, which is nothing bad, but it's a very limited amount. So we're like, okay, well, that's option one. That's going to take X amount of time to, you know, get, get ready to go. So we could sell more sessions, but again, there's a people factor and they wanted to keep things tight. They wanted to, to keep things between, you know, her, she's the attractive character of that business and her business owner. So we're like, is there anything else that you that you have for sale? So that's when the, the courses came out. It's like, oh my God, yes, we have all this stuff. So she showed us the page. It was like 16 courses. You know, one was for weddings. One was for uh, athletes. One was for, and what happens is she was diluting her message. Even though her solution could work for all these markets, like market as in people getting married, athletes, uh, older people, like uh, 60 and older people, uh, not active at all people, right? I'm starting dieting people, all this stuff. Uh, she had something for everybody. Guess what? In her marketing message, um, she was targeting everybody, but not no one 
at the same time because when they would mm -hmm. go, uh, they had no idea where to go. So the, it was paralysis by analysis. There's too many options. So by that, we were like, okay, you've tried this for how long? And she's like, well, at least a year, you know? Perfect. How many have you sold? Uh, zero. <laughs> like, okay. We actually, this, like I told you, we, we actually discovered that she actually sold one and she had no idea. I mean, okay, there's no system. There's nothing that it can tell us like this is a viable. And, you know, you, you guys invested so much time in creating all this material for nobody to buy. So what we'll do is like, okay, who is, what is the client or what out of these courses, which one do you feel that you can get the, like the most amount of success, the fastest for your dream cu customer? So she said, okay, well, my dream customer is somebody that it's uh, subconscious about dieting, uh, has ha has tried different diets all over the place, uh, has not gotten results, is not happy, blah, blah, blah. All these, con all these conditions, right, that we see as filters. Most, most people can can see this as a scary thing because they're limiting their pool, public limit. There's enough people in this world, especially if you work online, that that message can work. So like, okay, perfect. Out of these courses, which one is the best? Which one is the one that can achieve the results the fastest to that specific person? And she's like, this one, right? And she chose one. And when, so we got rid of all the others. We reshot the whole thing. We created it super cool. We created like a workbook. We revamped the whole uh, experience. And after that, her message on her marketing and her content was specifically to that person that will purchase these scores and get the fastest results. That's why that was so successful. And it was just because it was just one decision, either yes or no. You want a decision out of your customer or out of your leads, right? You want to present them with an offer like, hey, from my content, do you want to go to the next page? They're going to say yes or no, right? If they go say yes, then they're on your page and the job of that page or the phone call or whatever sales process is, is do you want to buy? Yes or no? So that's why it's so easy. It was so easy for her to create that initial revenue right away. And then after that, it's kind of replicating that process. So that was the reason behind just choosing one out of 16 because you don't want to dilute uh, the, the thought process behind just choosing one of those. Right. And the reason I asked you that is because I wanted you to uh, really double down on that explanation. I want to reiterate and highlight what Lewis is saying here. This is direct response marketing basics. Rule number one is to really tar like narrow down your target market because the more you can get them to say, hey, that's for me and for me specifically, then you, the much more likely you're going to make a sale. And like you said, if you try to make a some type of marketing scheme that's trying to appeal to everyone, it appeals to nobody, like nobody uh, resonates with it. So definitely, definitely uh, narrowing down your target audience is like one of the most important things that you can do. So I'm, I'm really happy that you brought that up. Now, I'm, I'm curious to know how you guys learned, because you said you didn't, you didn't go to college for any design. How did you guys learn how to create the content you make for other businesses and for your business? Yeah. Uh, good question too. <laughs> so it has been through a lot of testing, a lot of experimenting, a lot of feedback, right? I think part of the journey is developing a growth mindset. And, you know, you probably have experienced it, you know, starting your business and starting your show where uh, 
there's no such thing as stopping learning, but you keep going, right? Mm-hmm. And there's always a new thing and there's always room for improvement. And uh, uh, we heard something yesterday where it was like, uh, we we need to achieve to be not the best, but better. Because the best is you're already putting a ceiling. And guess what? There's always going to be somebody better than you. So mm-hmm. by saying the best, once you get to that level, there's always going to be a next level. So then you're setting yourself up and your mind for failure. But by saying, let me set myself up. I want to improve to get better. Your mentality and your subconscious is always going to be looking for that next step and there's no ceiling. So with that being said, uh, no designers, no nothing. But at the same time, we had to come up to for so we had to come up with solutions to our clients' problems. So that's what we do as entrepreneurs. We come up with solutions for somebody else's problems. So as we started dive down, uh, we we started experimenting with a ton of stuff. And I told you earlier, you know, we sold funnels. We did with funnels. We sold marketing and stuff like that. And after that, we had like a whole process that we saw as Lego pieces. And we started stripping those Lego pieces and we're like, okay, this Lego piece is called email marketing. This Lego piece is called content. This Lego piece is called the funnel itself. This Lego piece is the message, right? Uh, And all those together create this beautiful machine, but it was a lot, right? And so we're like, hey, where can we like, what's the process that we can enjoy doing it, learning, and uh, our clients are going to get an awesome result. And at the end of the day, that was content. um, and again, we believe that message over quality a hundred times. One of those examples is you, man. Like you have this 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 show, you're recording it. There's no video. It's a conversation. It's amazing. You're bringing amazing value to your audience, right? Doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. We've talked to people that started their shows on their phones. Owners right. of company, right. uh, uh, Russell Russell Branson, owners of ClickFunnels, he records his podcast on his phone. It's a billion dollar company, right? doesn't really matter it's his message and the relationships that he creates through that so the design style uh it came up because we were modeling after successful or people that our clients thought they were successful or they looked as they were successful so we're like part of the onboarding is like okay how do you want your content to look like hey i have these examples and then we will model after that and then if we didn't know what to do we would like google it or youtube (laughs) <laughs> be like guys this is how i do it this is the this, like this is the element of the signs same happened with the video you know the rule of thirds and stuff like that you, we started learning as we we get going same with marketing guess what but every piece that we learn we execute it against and we got results which is the most important if you don't execute you don't get results so obviously you start acquiring those skills and then you start doing something called skill stacking uh, and this is where really the value comes out because, hey, now I know how to take a picture. Perfect. The next skill, what is it? The next skill is to apply a filter. Perfect. Now I know how to apply filters. The next skill, what is it? So the more skills you stack on that specific task, the better you go. Now we're at a point where, you know, we're bringing uh, teammates in to to help us out with, with the production side, with uh, improving the processes because uh, it's obviously – people that have gone to school like that but is not needed to get started which was our journey um so that's that's kind of how we started tackling the design side and uh, model modeling after successful people <laughs> mm-hmm. very nice so let's 
let's talk a little bit about the content you actually make. But first, I just want to ask, why do you think content is so important? Do you think that every business should have or should be posting content on all these social media platforms and uh, repurposing them for all these different social media platforms? Or is there only certain businesses that would really, um, so what I'm looking for, really uh, excel at doing this? Or do you, th- do you think it's for everyone? And if it is for everyone, why should, if you have a business, why should you be making content? Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, I do believe it's for everyone. Um, to this day, I we haven't run into a business that could benefit from creating that content. Normally, those limitations come from uh, from internal beliefs of the person that is trying to run the company or owns the business. Um, where it's like, hey, I'm not good enough to talk on camera, right? Or I'm not good enough to be on a podcast show. The reason I believe this is for everybody is because we live in a wonderful world where access or the barrier of entry to internet is very low. And we have devices that we carry with us if if you have a business or you know either have a job that you have access to that you can create these pieces that you can distribute for free to the world. So you have the world at your fingertips and there's different distribution channels for different purposes, obviously, but it's a space that allows you to be you and attract a community that believes in you and trusts you and is willing to pay for your services or products. So yes, I do believe it's everybody. And I do believe that everybody has to be present um, as much as they can, right? To the best of their ability. So we see people like, uh, for example, Gary Vee, great inspiration, right? He's a guy that's out there everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, people that follow him, it's like, oh my God, he's he has a YouTube channel. He has this, he has a Q&As now. He has a IGTV videos. And, and then he posted, I think it was about a month ago, his system on content multiplier, or however he wants to call it. <clears throat> Guess what? As an entrepreneur, you have a, a bunch of other stuff that you have to worry about before creating content for 30 different platforms in 30 different styles, right? You have your payroll, you have your, you know, your employees, you have leadership. You have, there's a ton of stuff, right? You have sales. If you don't sell nothing. And we talked earlier, content is an, an element of a sale, right? It's the beginning of that. So yes, it is highly important. But to answer your question about should you be omnipresent, should you be present in all of them? That should be a target, but never start there. If you are just starting up, find where your audience is, like who, that's the question. We always go back to the principles. Who's your dream client? Who's the person that you love to serve? Who's the person that you can get the results the fastest, right? And then once you answer that question, then you're going to go like, okay, where are they? Like, where are they gathering? Where is the market, right? So that could be, so imagine if there's no internet and you play soccer and you want to go play soccer, where do you go? You go to the soccer park. park. Yeah, exactly. You go to the soccer field, to the park, where the soccer players are. Now, if you want to sell, if you have a soccer shop and you want to sell cleats, no, where the forums of soccer are, the Facebook groups that soccer players hang around, the podcast shows that soccer players listen to. Uh, So 
there has to be some 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 sort of consistent publishing at first in one platform and that that's easy to conquer right and what does consistency do so there's different scenarios if you do it your on your own how can you stay consistent over time so you can create a community or an audience that trusts you because you never miss a day of publishing where's that person where's that that mm -hmm. avenue is it facebook is it instagram it depends on what you enjoy to do right is it a blog is it a vlog with video right depends on also on what you want to do but mix those together where's my audience and how do i like to communicate and then start there and once you achieve consistency there then you can start adding layers so on the highest level right companies like Gary Vee, he has a whole team that can execute that for him so he's only investing time on the creation of the content and then people can execute so mm -hmm. for companies that don't have teams like that but want to do it that's where we come in with our service to make sure that you know they get that omnipresence feel right but again at the at the beginning of each call we do the same thing like who's your dream customer where are they this is where we're going to distribute you know you measure you see are we getting engagement are we creating conversations are opportunities being created because at the end of the day uh that is your front facing window to the world that is the people i mean imagine where you go to a restaurant right like hey let's go eat somewhere you go to somewhere on instagram and check out their food and then you binge watch on their stuff and you, then you build a level of reports. So every piece of content that you put out there, think about a point of contact mm -hmm. that you are developing a relationship with the audience. So then later when you make an offer, um, they will buy from you. That's my thought. Exactly. So important. The content is your way of building trust, building that audience. And then once they have that level of trust and they're like all right i know this guy through his content can deliver a good product they'll end up wanting to buy from you so super important i appreciate you explaining that now let's talk a little bit about how to sell through content so you you talk a lot about call to actions i would love to know your strategy or your thought process behind the copy of a content or maybe if it's a youtube video how how you get people and how you measure uh people clicking on something or doing something from a platform and so so not only the measuring but also what is it you're telling them to do in the copy and like how to persuade them more if you kind of get what i'm saying that's a, that's a really good question that obviously we get asked all the time. Uh, the first thing is that you have to have a connection between your content and your sales process, right? We had a call um, a couple of days ago. She actually has a podcast like the last two months. She just started it and she has a thousand downloads. Amazing, amazing entrepreneur co content, right? And she sells coaching, a very specific mm -hmm. type of coaching. So she asked me the same question. And uh, she's like, how do I... How do I track this? Like, how do I sell from my content? So same thing. We go back to the principles. Who's the person that you're talking to? Are you really talking to your dream audience, right? Um, there's different temperatures. And, you know, we could probably talk all day about temperature of your leads and, and if they're ready to buy or not. But <clears throat> there's two things that we have identified with us uh, creating content because any, everything that we do for our clients, we tried ourselves and we've seen results ourselves first. Um is the element of consistency, right? If you are showing up every single day and you're adding value to their lives, they're gonna trust you. 
So that's why value comes in. But not because they trust you, they're going to buy from you. You actually have to tell them where to go, right? So last time we spoke, you told, you told me something really cool, which was like people don't like to leave their own platforms. So how, right, how do we make it easy for them to make that purchase or the next step, right? And we always talk about the frictionless sale. How do we make it easy for them? Well, the first thing is that you have you need to have a call to action. And what's a call to action? Is is literally you telling them where to go next. So if you're producing content on Facebook, hey, send me a DM if you're interested. Hey, text why you know XYZ or put it on on the comments below. I'll reach out. Right. So engaging in those content conversations, if it's Instagram, same thing, send me a DM, right? If it's a podcast, hey, you can hit and subscribe. And if you're interested, go here. But you have to remind them to go somewhere. Once you have that established, then you have to put in a tracking system to make sure that is working. So there's different tools out there. But uh, Bitly uh, is one very simple with links. So if you put it on the on the on the on the copy um, and again, people consume content in different ways. So somebody listening to a podcast, which is, you know, maybe I'm exercising or jogging or driving. Um, I'm going to have to make sure that I, I say my call to action because they might not have the time or they don't want to go to the description and click the link there. Right. Or even if they want to, you're just adding another friction point. So how can you remove those friction points in the content itself throughout the content you say to the camera or to your audience or the recording, Hey guys, I'll give half, if you're interested in what we're talking about and you want to find out more, here's how we can help you. I make sure that you that you say you you label the the problem that you're solving and then go there. If if you respond or you answer, you're able to explain the problem good enough. People are gonna assume that you have the solution to that problem. So say the problem, say where to find you, and then make sure that you have a system to track it. So then you can know. Okay, we're from the podcast. Uh, we actually have 100 people a day going into our sales system, which can be a call, can be a message, can be a landing page. It doesn't matter. It, 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 whatever works for you, right? But that connection has to be made somehow. And then every single day, make an offer. Every single day, send them to that call to action. As a, and an offer is, hey, ask them to buy from you. Why not? Uh, the, the amount of money is directly correlated to the amount of offers that you make. If they don't know where to go, they're never going to be able to buy from you. So let's say in my Instagram caption, I have, I ask them, I, I address the problem. I say I can help with this. And then I put a link in my Instagram caption. And as you know, you can't like click on a link in an Instagram caption and it doesn't, it doesn't redirect you to a site. All you can do is just like put the link in there and hope that they're going to go to a browser and type it in manually. So how would you even measure that? Like, like, let's say that same copy is also on, like you also put it on YouTube and Facebook and stuff like that. How, how would you be able to know where it came from? If like, is there a way to track every single platform like that? Yes, there's always tools to kind of find these out, but it, that's a really good question, especially on Instagram. Let's let's stay on Instagram for a second. Um, how do people? You gotta see like people are trained for their for their platforms. So where is the only place that you can put a link on on Instagram is on the description, right? 
So, hey, just click the link in the description below. And maybe that link is something very specific that goes to a very specific landing page. So you could track it that way where, okay, X amount of visits in this domain means that they came from Instagram. Or you can create a bridge link which with Bitly, right? And it's like bitly.instagram deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on that platform, you can see it, right? So those are different like tracking systems. And if you Google, you know, uh, link tracking, you can you can probably find a ton. Um, but you can say like, hey, doing the video on Instagram, right? Which probably is the same video that you might be using on Facebook or LinkedIn or whatever platform. If you say it, hey guys, you know, if you're watching from Instagram, link is in the description. If you're watching anywhere else, link is right here on the in the captions, right? Uh, I'll give you an example on how we use that currently in our business that had given us very, very good results. We record our shows live on Facebook. And the reason we do it live is because we love the pressure of being live and we perform better when we're live. Uh, So we put ourselves in that position to have an audience and we interact with them and it has been wonderful. It's a great experience. We enjoy it a ton. There's people that don't and that's okay. But as we start the show... The, the beginning of the show is like, hey, guys, if you are here, you know, the call to action is to engage. That's the thing. We just want them to engage. That's our objective right there. After we're like, hey, we tell them, hey, we're, the show is about to start. So we start the show. And during the show, that recording goes to podcast. So it's knowing where that content is going ahead of time. So it goes to the podcast platform. And it also obviously is on Facebook Live. It's on video. And eventually it's going to go to YouTube. So what I'll say as a call to action on the podcast is like, hey, Please, if you are listening, right, that means they're on the podcast, don't forget to subscribe, you know, share the content, share with the people. And if you love it, uh, leave us a review, something like that, right? And if you're watching live, just make sure you thumbs up and stuff like that. And then I'll explain to the audience that from the podcast, like, hey, if you don't know, we record these shows live and we love to engage with you. So we'd love to have you in our page and stuff like that. So we are kind of connecting both, but we already know ahead of time where that when that is going. So on the technical side, we know that if we post a link or we know that we created a landing page only for that show. So our site is contentsprofit.com. The only way that we're sending traffic there is through the show. So we know like if we're having some traction there is because of the show. So it's setting those pieces ahead of time. And then it's like, okay, how can I direct people there? And it's just remind them, remind them. The other thing is like people try to do this maybe once or twice and they see no results and then they stop. You have to do this consistently over time. That's what's going to get you the results. And then if you add money behind this post or you boost them or you do an ad, uh, that obviously helps and it shortcuts your time. But it has to be consistent. Great info. That's great. Now, all right. So I have a question about my own content. I really want to start posting more on Facebook and like making my content to Facebook. What I recently just started doing, uh, all of my posts used to be just pictures on Instagram, but now I've moved to every other post is an IGTV post, which is a snippet of my YouTube video of some certain YouTube video that I posted in the past. And I'm, I, I find it, much harder to get like organic reach on Facebook. Like with Instagram, there's hashtags with YouTube. There's the recommended tab. There's the recommended everything like 
like when you're watching a video, it's on the right side. Uh, when you're on the homepage, all the recommended videos are there. So like there's organic reach and then there's Facebook, which maybe I'm just not familiar enough with the platform, but I just don't know. Cause like I, I decided to post the IGTV video that I made for Instagram onto Facebook because I feel like that also fit well on Facebook, but um, maybe you have more insight on how I could make that post more Facebook oriented. And then also how am I going to get new people to follow me on Facebook? Like, it just seems like there's no way to get organic reach on Facebook. Like the last time I posted, I reached like 15 people. So maybe you have some insight on that. Yeah, definitely. Um, good question again. And we actually recorded an episode, uh, maybe last week about exactly this, you know, social media is called social for a reason. Right. And, um, we're human beings, we're social beings, we like to interact. And uh, these distribution channels are meant for that. And at the same time, we have to be, have very clear what is that agenda of the platform that we're in. So most platforms want people spending time in there because that's how they make money. Then they sell advertising to people that buy advertising and then they make money. So what is that agenda? So one of the clues that you can look for is what are the new features that Facebook is promoting, for example. So right now they're investing money in TV ads for Facebook groups. So that means that tells you that because they're investing money in that, they want people to actually go create Facebook groups. And, uh, and there are other reasons of why that is. Uh, mm -hmm. When they launch ads, they put the price of ads very, very low because they wanted people to go purchase ads. So what are those new features being released? And at the end of the day, it comes down to testing, right? Um, where is your audience? That's the thing. Like if your audience is not on Facebook, then is it worth for you to spend time in there? And that's a question that each mm -hmm. each one of you or the listeners right, have to ask themselves because sometimes we go into a platform where are like, okay, I'm, I'm having massive success in this other uh, distribution channel, but then that, that doesn't equate on Facebook. And if you go in, there's no following, there's no community, you haven't been active in like three years, <laughs> it's going to be a little bit of a challenge to create that. But guess what? Mm -hmm. We saw the same thing um, in our business. And we stopped looking at numbers on Facebook. How many followers, how many likes, how many... Because at the end of the day, they mean nothing. They mean nothing to us in the business because a like does not represent a sale. And I'm going to give you a very two clear example of what happened. So we're, we, we, we used to sell, like we, we used to go out to businesses and have these meetings in person, right? And we're like, Hey, we're selling you content. And they will come back and be like, guys, like in your account, Instagram and Facebook, there's like nothing. Like you guys are base bros is like non-existent. There's no posts. And the reason we had no posts is because we had a ton of other stuff before of like our entrepreneurial journey. And one day we decided to delete it, right? Because it was not in sync with that. Uh, which I do not recommend anybody to do that because that's part of your story. And right. uh, so we're like, okay, we came back to the office and we're like, okay, what do we do to stay consistent? We have to show up. So we were, okay, Facebook specifically or the platforms want you to stay like connected to them for a long time because the more you stay connected, the more you use the platform, the more people can see you. So they're going to reward that. So for us, we establish our minimal viable content to stay consistent. 
That's the goal. That was that was it. That's the only thing we wanted to be consistent. So we went and we did a challenge and we called it the 45 Live. We will go out Facebook Live for 45 days straight. Uh, we went into our personal profiles to an audience that had no idea that we were selling content <laughs> or family, friends, nothing really like that said, this is a dream client, but we stayed consistent. Guess what? People that synced or like that, that, that story or, or what we were saying kind of like meant something to them, started sharing the content. So that's how you get organic exposure. And then we started developing relationships and then you start collaborating. Guess what? At day 20, we had to stop because we got so much business out of those Facebook lives with no followers, no nothing, <laughs> right? We connected the content to our sales system through conversations. Now we tried it again. Second time after like a month or so at day 20, again, we had to stop because we got another couple of clients and we're like, okay, we need to build the systems to do this. And that's why we decided to do Facebook lives. And the last video I think we did on Facebook live, uh, 300 views in, in less than a day with like zero following. We have probably 150 people that follow the page, but it's, it was the engagement. We reached out to somebody and we collaborated with that person. We interviewed that person and we posted it into the communities that, that person is in and we collaborate and we create a conversation. So organically, that's how you do it. But at the same time, you have a call to action that, con that connects that content into you. It's going to be a, a bit slower. If you want to go faster, the way is to invest in Facebook ads and, and get your expo exposure a little higher. You can pay for views. You can pay for that. Um, so they're making organic harder and harder. So how can you hack the system on organic? I do not believe that is through tactics like hashtags and stuff like that, uh, specifically on Facebook. I think it's through relationships and groups and engaging with them. And the more you engage, the more they're going to reward you with visibility. Uh, there are other social media like uh, LinkedIn that hashtags is a thing. They're like trying to push organic because they're competing against Facebook. Uh, Instagram, people can actually search hashtags and that's how they find you. Um, you probably know more of Instagram than, than we do, right? Um, and then YouTube, there's different tags and different things and the, the SEO and different elements. So each platform has their own elements. So how can you find those elements? How can you engage with people? But at the end of the day, is that are you providing value to your audience? And that is a very tough question to answer. If you are very critical with your content or, or your product, very passionate, because if you see that people are not following, there's two things. Either your audience is not the right one, so you need to find a new audience, or the message, if, the, if it's the right audience, then your message is not valuable to them. So we need to change the message. So those are the two things. Awesome. Very awesome. All right. Now, I think we're going to end off the podcast here with just some general personal development type stuff. So are there like, let's say three to five books that have impacted your business the most? Dude, good question. I'm actually going through so we one of the reasons we are where we are that we're able and very lucky to build and operate our business the way that we want to it's because of Russell Branson I'm not sure if you're familiar with him but uh, he's a great marketer mm -hmm. and uh, two of the books that literally were the roadmap to what we do were dot com secrets 
and Expert Secrets. It's actually just released the third one called Traffic Secrets. It's like a trilogy. Um, and I, I'm no affiliate. I don't sell anything for him. The reason I talk so passionate about it is because we literally follow step by step what he says in those books, <laughs> and we got on results. And uh, so those three right. must have. Uh, 10x by Grant Cardone was a big one for me too last year. That was like right before we, I read it around May, 2019, and that same month, like he just gave me a whole new perspective on how to operate at the level that he does, which is insane. But uh, it gives you a good perspective. So those four, and then I'm trying to think, there's one more. It's called Play Bigger. I'm gonna tell you exactly who the author is. Trying to pull it up, but Play Bigger basically talks about how to position yourself in the market. Um, is by Al Ramadan. Play Bigger, Dave Peterson, and uh, they talk about the category kings. So that was another book that was that influenced what we do big time, uh, because it helps you position yourself as something something different, not better. Because when you're competing on better, the category king wins all the time. Um, so you have to position your message and what you do as a different thing to that audience so they can choose you over the category king. So it was pretty, pretty cool. Play bigger is called. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'll definitely check those, those books out. I hope the listeners check it out too. And the last question I have for you is... When you think of the word successful, who's the first person that comes to your mind and why? Damn, uh, many people. <laughs> uh, I, I'm not sure if I have one person. Uh, right now, it will be my coach and mentor, Steve Larson. <laughs> um, it's because we've we've developed a, a relationship. He is in a place right now where we would love to be in the next year or so. Um, if I ask him these questions, he's definitely going to say that he's not successful at all. I think success is, is re- relative to where you are at that point mm-hmm. in time. Um, and there's so many layers. But um, I think Steve, he works with uh, creating offers and he's been a massive, massive help. We started working with him in September last year in 2019. And in the last six months, we increased our revenue six times compared to the last four years. Um, so it was, that's somebody that I, that I consider right now successful. And I know that he is continuing to grow and there's many things coming his way because of that growth mindset. So, um, yeah, with that, with that thought, I think like Steve is a person, the first person that comes to mind, but there's so many, you know, (laughs) Russell Branson, Ryan Dice, the same Mm -hmm. Grant Cardone, (laughs) you know? Um, so, but yeah. Um, but answers awesome. <laughs> the question. Oh yeah, yeah, it definitely did. Um, all right, so I think yeah, we're gonna end it here. Lewis, thank you so much. The amount of value that's in this podcast right now, I'm sure listeners who want to start a business online will have some more tools under their belt now to to get started. Hopefully, they do start, and I'm sure if they are still listening right now, then they are serious about it. So I really appreciate uh, you giving me insight and giving them insight and 
thanks for giving me your time awesome man thank you Cole, for having us in your show and you know happy to 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 help anybody that's interested you guys can check us out on uh, content is profit and uh peace bros go on instagram and facebook <laughs> awesome yeah definitely go check them out guys all right thanks a lot take care